How are you? Can you see? Because now it's you. But I hear you. Okay. I see you. Hold on, let me. It's like making me manually turn on the camera. Can you see me now? That's so weird. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um. Okay, you're gone. But I guess as long as the sound works, it's okay. <laughs> I feel like it's gonna, like, keep, like, going on and on. Um, yeah, it's it just did that twice yeah. before you finished that sentence. <laughs> um, I'll try one more time. And it's is. okay. As, as long as uh, the sound is all right, and there are fewer you know, technical hiccups <laughs> than last time, Yeah. Uh, no worries. And that one's going to be fun to edit. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this movie was really weird. No. <laughs> was it weird? <laughs> um, well, so, like, last week when we landed on Swiss Army Man, mm-hmm. um, I hadn't seen it, and then you just said, oh, it's an experience. And I, it, ca- I kind was of... Was it not? It was. <laughs> no. <laughs> So, did you go in knowing nothing at all? Like, did you know the plot a um, little bit? Or did you just go in blind? I mostly went in blind. I knew Daniel Radcliffe was in it. Um, I had, like... I guess I had an idea, but it was probably the wrong idea. Because I was... I kind of thought, like... I thought, like, Daniel Radcliffe was, like, some sort of, like, superhero or cyborg or something. In a way, he is. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought, like, in a very literal sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, and... So... Then, well, then, like, I read, like, the synopsis, and the synopsis just says, like, um, or, like, the little, like, blurb or whatever that, like, IMDb gives. And it just says, like, mm-hmm. oh, um... Life isn't going so well for Hank when... Um, he's meets Manny washed up on the shore or something like that. That's very vague and yeah, technically true, but but yeah, leaves a lot out. So yeah, I had no (laughs) preconceived notions. So what were your thoughts? after this because my favorite thing to do lately is inflicting this movie upon people and then being like tell me what you thought um, um i told my friend it and she's like my parents made me turn it off <laughs> well did they make her turn it off because of like all the fart humor no um she said she was watching it in the living room on tv and her parents were there and they were like please turn- i don't want to look at this i don't I don't know how far in they got, but uh, she finished it on her own later, and she liked it, um, which made me happy. Okay, so I ended up, I watched it in three, like, because it's only like an hour and a half long-ish. Yeah, so it's I, short. I watched it in like three half-hour increments. Um, okay. Because I feel like the humor was kind of weird. Where Yeah, I, a little bit where I didn't, where it was something that, like, 
I could kind of take in, like, 30-minute doses. Uh, Okay. I wasn't in love with the movie, but, like, as I thought about it more, I didn't dislike it. It's a mixed bag, and that's how I felt the first time I saw it, where there were things about it that I adored, but things about it that I just couldn't, that it's, like, so hard to get past. Like, I, I think it's just such a a weird uh, lump of a bunch of things <laughs> that it, it doesn't always work, but I think the parts that work work well. I rewatched it today, so it's pretty fresh in my mind, and I like it better now than I did the first time I watched it, although I'm not sure why. <laughs> um, like, I watched the last 30 minutes today. And I really enjoyed it. Okay. I really, I really enjoyed the last 30 minutes. <laughs> um, the last 30 minutes is controversial, I say. I mean, not the last 30 minutes, the last uh, five minutes <laughs> is controversial. Well, because it goes from, like, a comedy to, like, a drama. It's kind of, this movie is kind of all, all genres. Like, every genre it is. Yeah. And I think. I was, so on the list, I think we have... Swiss Army Man under dope soundtracks. It's but you I also I put think it's a musical, uh, which which I was like, how is it kind of a musical or what? And like, it makes a lot of sense now. Um, it's yeah, I would argue that it, I think when I wrote kind of a musical, I was like, not sure, like maybe this could be a point of debate. Like, is it a musical? But then I rewatched it and I was like, this is a musical. (laughs) There's no, this is nothing but a musical because it's, it's so like traditional, but so not at the same time that it's hard to tell. It's kind of like a musical where like none of the characters are singing the songs. Like they, but the thing is they are. Yeah. But, uh... but, it's it's vague how like they are like they're other than um like a couple exceptions I think the whole soundtrack is acapella yeah and a, a big chunk of the voices are Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dan like the the two actors did do a, some of the singing like not all of it but like it's um it's Andy Hall. the I think the idea is the characters are singing the songs, I, but it's not totally right. clear, like, if it's in their head or if they're just kind of humming. I don't know. Yeah, and that's kind of what, that's kind of where, well, because that's sort of what happens where, like, they'll, like, start singing something, but then, like, it's, like, background music, and um, Andy Hall from um, Manchester Orchestra, and I think the guitarist from mm-hmm. Manchester Orchestra did all, wrote yep. all the music, and I think they're the ones, I think they're doing, like, the the be- the pretty, like, over-sing, I, I don't even know what to call it, because, <laughs> like, because, like, I think you're right in the sense that it's supposed to be the characters, but it's also, like, not them at the same time. Yeah, it's, I think, I, I mean, I don't know the technical side, but I think the the idea of, you know, like, one character would start out going like, bop, 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 and then it would kind of morph into a song, and then I think once they do that, they 
put in the real singer. Not the real singers, but you know what I mean? Like, they kind of... Yeah. It's so weird, but it, I think they kind of found a way to blend their voices in with the guys who wrote the song. Yeah, no, they did really well. And it's one... I think sort of, like... I guess this this I guess is sort of like a debate for interpretation of like is Manny ever actually alive um yeah that's that and, is pretty open to interpretation but like, I understand the ideas of what's not together what um, were you gonna say but what I guess sort of like the way the way I kind of saw the movie as a whole um especially with the end is I don't think Manny was ever actually alive um mm-hmm. and you know just sort of it's all sort of uh Hank's fantasy world and I think like the songs the way that they're sort of constructed like they're super simple and I think the fact that they kind of riff off of like someone like humming or going la 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 or whatever uh, yeah. is sort of, like, his own sort of interpretation of how he would make these songs sound good in his mm-hmm. head. Yeah, I mean, I think whether or not Manny is real or a figment of Hank's imagination, I think all of the songs, the idea is that it's in his head, or their heads, yeah. or I don't know. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, like, I I like the idea of, like, keeping the music grounded in the world that it's in by, like... There are no guitars or drums because there yeah. aren't any where they're where they are. Like everything, all the music is like real. Yeah. Like it, it it takes place on whatever island they're on or middle of nowhere forest at. Um, which I I like. I've never really seen a movie do that before. Like yeah. where they, because musicals are always like people kind of write off musicals because they're like, oh, it's not it's all, like, fantasy and escapism, and, like, in a way, this is exactly what that is, but, like, it still keeps it in, in some sort of reality. Yeah. And it is escapism. I think that's the whole thing with the music. But um, but I think it's... The, the message is different, and the, the way in which they do that is kind of cool, where yeah. they, like, completely in, omit instrumentals, except for a couple parts. I know the, the end song is not a cappella. Right, but that's, but that, are you talking about the one that, um, the girl is listening to? The one, the end credits. Oh, I didn't listen to that once the credits started rolling. The what? <laughs> I turned it off. You were gone. I was also, I was also at work, so I was like, I'm like. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the end credit song is, it's the same, you know, like chord structure and the right. same beat as the rest of it how like they keep going back to the same motif but with different lyrics again okay. and it's not a cappella. <laughs> okay um i'll uh, i'll give it a i'll give it a listen because it's okay <laughs> um if i wasn't at work i would have listened and i was like uh, i have like a lot of like music writing that I've been working on so like I've mm-hmm. been like jamming everything in and like 
I got to a point today uh, when I like finished watching it today. I was like, okay, now I need to listen to these six albums. And then when I was gonna listen to the soundtrack just to kind of like get more thoughts on that, I was just like stressed from listening to so much stuff. And I'm like, I'm gonna listen to something that I know and that I already know that I like and I'm comfortable. With. Yeah, that's that's understandable. It, I mean, the the soundtrack I think is because the motif is so so apparent like it, it you got the idea i think yeah. from watching the movie um yeah i i read something interesting that the the daniels the two guys who wrote and directed this um want the everything in this movie is something they hate they hate survival movies they hate musicals, I think. They hate acapella, they said. And they wanted to, like, incorporate all this stuff that they think is utter crap and put it into a movie that's, like, work. Which, I mean, it sounds, like, really mean. And and that's why maybe this movie didn't sit well with me the first time. I think Because um, it's, it's kind of mean. Not mean, but, like, it's... You can kind of tell that, like, they're making fun of so much stuff. Right. Uh, I think that's, I actually kind of like that concept, though, because mm-hmm. it's sort of an idea of, like, you take something you don't like, and then you're like, well, I'm going to turn it into something that I like, or I'll do it the way that I would do it. Yeah, I mean, and I think if that's what they were trying to do, like, I think they pulled it off really well, and they kind of... They use this whole movie to deconstruct, like, what is anything, and why does anything matter, and, like, why hate things, and let's let's kind of enjoy where we're at. And I, I kind of like that they took this, this stuff that they don't care for and made it into something they could love, and, I mean, I think yeah. there were parts of it that were, like, kind of, you know, it was really cynical, but at the same time kind of hopeful. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, like, the... Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it, is that I I think at the end of the day, it is kind of a hopeful, uplifting movie, and yeah, I guess, I don't know, I... It's, yeah, kind of both. Yeah, and I kind of, I guess I can see where they were poking fun at the things that they don't like about all those uh, not all those, I guess, because if they, like, hate acapella music, there isn't really a whole lot. I guess the thing that would be poking fun at it is that, like, almost all the songs sound the same. Yeah, maybe. But, <laughs> like, <laughs> but even that, like, it's, if it, but, like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they were just using it to challenge themselves. Like, I don't know if I totally understand that idea, but, like, I, I think I liked what they did with it. Like, for the most part. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think they... There's definitely, like, a ton of cynicism in here, but that they were trying not to, like, dwell on. And even though there is a lot of, like, dark humor and kind of like, oh, the world sucks, and everything sucks, and everyone's stupid and ugly. Like, I think they kind of want to take that idea and make it not as terrible and... I, I think the I, I think I, I like the overall message of this movie, which is like 
there are a lot of shitty things, but like as long as you can look forward to something, then that's enough. Like that's enough to go on. Yeah. And I think the music is plays a big part of that. I mean, uh, hmm. I I hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like trying to like get my thoughts because <laughs> like this was such like a trip too. Like from the moment it like. I don't know. Um, I don't. I I don't even know. <laughs> That's fine. Is, am I still on um, screen? Because no, you were oh, this whole time. Okay. Because <laughs> I feel like you like laughed when like I don't know if you could see the face I'm making as I'm trying. I can't. To get I can't. My there you are. <laughs> um. I should be able to tell this because the green light can go on. Um, but um, I don't know. I'm like, I feel like I'm, I'm trying to think. God damn. I now, cause like now I'm sort of thinking about things and I think that, I don't know. I guess it's, I, I guess cause like, I feel like an idiot just cause I'm like, <laughs> it's okay. I'm like, did you lose your train of thought or sort of uh, like, I don't know. I guess like, so I'm thinking about like the dark comedy in it that like, mm-hmm. I think I was going to say like, I guess cause I dwelled on that a little bit where like, I was reconsidering the fact, is it a hopeful or optimistic movie? Um, because even like, you know, I, I, the only like real laugh out loud moment I had watching was when, um, you know, Daniel Radcliffe gives that great speech about like, you know, what if we just need one more, uh, you know, what if we just need one person to accept how weird everyone is and then, you know, we'll all Mm -hmm. be happy or it'll give us hope. And then the little girl sees him and starts crying and he's like, oh my God, I am weird. I ruined everything. And then he dies. (laughs) Like that was hilarious. (laughs) That's so relatable. (laughs) That's how I feel every day. Um, but, um, and then, like, it's really pessimistic in those last five minutes, but then, but then there's the fart at the end, and it makes it all better. See, you know, I, I don't know how this happened, but I kind of feel like the last five minutes were written very fast. I think they intended to end it somewhere else. And then they were like, crap, it needs to be a little, not happier. I don't know if it's a happy ending, but like, it's, it's not as much of a downer. Like, I kind of feel like they wanted to end it just like landing in their backyard and then keep it there. Cause that would have been like a weird ass ending yeah. to keep it vague and like not, re- and kind of, and you would question like what's real and what isn't. But I think they really wanted to not only tie everything together, sort of, but you know, have Daniel Radcliffe make this big, grand exit, as he does. Yeah. Um, like, it, I think a lot of people criticized this ending, because one, it was really weird, but two, because it felt a little tacked on, 
Like, I kind of like the ending, but I see, I see the criticism. I think, I think what I liked most about the ending, I guess the more that I think about it, is I kind of like that, like, the girl uh, that, um, what's the girl's name? Sarah Mary Elizabeth Winston. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I kind of liked when, like, she found the phone and she's like, why are you taking pictures of me? And I kind of wanted to see that play out more. Me too. Like, um, I don't know. I, I think this is, like, a weird situation where I should have been more annoyed at the fact that the main character is kind of predatory, but, like, I still liked him. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like I should not have empathized this guy as much as I did because at the end of the day, he still made a picture of a stranger his phone background and has been looking at... Like, that's really weird. That's not, like, a thing people do. To be fair, my phone background is a picture of a stranger. Who, who is the picture of the stranger? But, but it's it's a singer that I like. So okay, that's different. It's not like knowing someone you found on the street. Not the same thing, right? No, um, I just had to make that joke. Um, but yeah, um, I think it's one of those that. Well, I guess it's it's something where, like, seeing the movie as a whole, it's predatory and it's fucked up. But, like, as you're watching it, too, like, you don't know who this girl is. You know, this could be his girlfriend or wife or, you know. Yeah. could have been, you know, Manny's girlfriend or wife or whatever. And I mm-hmm. think that's probably why it doesn't like it doesn't seem as predatory as it is yeah i mean i i don't know if they wanted it to be like a review like a plot twist that this girl was a stranger um but because they don't really play it that way this they don't really um frame him as like a creepy dude. They frame him as just like this really sad guy who is just looking for something that would keep him going. And like I, I he's not threatening and maybe that's why. Yeah. Um but on paper it's not good. It doesn't look good. Yeah. And the fact that he I, I think um on the subject of like how much this is, is its head, the fact that they landed in her backyard of all the backyards they could have landed in, um, I don't know what that means, but I think there's a strong possibility that like this whole time they were maybe, maybe he was like staking out her house or something. I don't know, <laughs> but like it's like a very there's way too many things had to have happened for them to land at that exact house. I mean... They couldn't have been that far. That had to be intentional on some degree. Like, I don't I don't know what... It, it could not have been a coincidence, I think. See, I kind of saw... Or, like, I don't know, fate led them there. And <laughs> I kind of saw it as a coincidence. 
as like a big coincidence just because like I don't know uh, because like I think he intended it for for it to be a coincidence yeah because that's more that's more plausible um but just because like (laughs) the whole thing just the whole movie is so weird and you're not totally sure what's real what's not what exactly is happening because like even like it starts off and he's supposed to be on a desert island, right? And, like, that's why his phone doesn't get service and stuff, and that's why he rides yeah, uh, Harry Potter to land. Um, like, there's yeah. a part of me that that's... wants to think, like, maybe he wasn't even really on a desert island. He was just, like, at the beach nearby where he lives, and then... They never, they never really say how he ended up where he did, right? Mm, like, I don't think so. He was just depressed. He said, and... They were vague. They said that he ran away. Yeah. Um, and then he was like, "Oh, it doesn't matter. Like, let's not talk." Like, it's that. That's why I kind of think maybe he was in denial about maybe trying to stalk this girl. I don't know, but um, <laughs> I. It's a good theory. I think, it's a theory. It's <laughs> I'll put it in the 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 inevitable like fan boards that this movie has. Um, I'll present it as an option. But I think uh, one, just the idea that he was kind of embarrassed about why he was where he was. Like if it was a plane crash, he could have said that. Right. You know, he could have. That it wouldn't be his fault. There's some implication that he's lost because it's his fault. Like he went here and he yeah. put himself in this situation. Um, but I don't know. I think she's involved. Not involved, but I think his, his interest in her caused this whole, all of this nonsense. <laughs> but that doesn't mean he didn't learn a lesson or anything. <laughs> I'm sure he did. I don't know if he learned a lesson. Actually, Okay, did actually, you no, think I'll he learned he anything? That's a good question. didn't learn anything. <laughs> Because I think that depends on how you look at this. If Manny wasn't in his head, then actually, I don't know. He didn't learn anything. What, what do you think? Well, I've already said I'm pretty sure Manny was all in his head. Um, okay. And the fact that he's like, he grabs the body to run off at the end, and he's like, I gotta, <laughs> I'm not letting them take you. And then, like, even, like, when they're, like, separating him from the body, he hears the fart. And, yeah, you know, unless there's a Swiss Army Man too, where, <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, yeah, Manny was real. <laughs> like. I, I, I guess kind of meant that Manny probably was in his head was that, um, oh, crap. That's what I was going to say. The was that the second they end up back on land or like right after like the little girl leaves, Manny's dead. And and the people were like, Oh, he was, he was dead the whole time, which yeah. he was either way. But like, I feel like that kind of, I think they say something like, uh, you know, certain marks on his body and bruises were after he died Right, they and said it was like it a sounds Swiss like jump. Paul Dano was just like flinging a corpse all over the place. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't. 
it's like it's one of those things that I guess is always open to interpretation, um, especially with the ending. Like, yeah, I guess we'll have to wait for the sequel. I, <laughs> I'm reading it one way, but like, do you think Manny was dead the whole time, or you kind of said so? But uh, yeah, I do. Um, but I also I do think he was dead the whole time. But I also want to live in a world where like he wasn't and this was just like a magical fan because I think there were parts of it that were so like there were parts of it that really made me feel like Manny was a developed character on his own even though he was kind of a creation of Hank that yeah. everything he knows Hank taught him so but it but it did maybe it's because Daniel Radcliffe's a good actor but like I, I was invested in this is kind of a romance between the guys in this movie yeah. Like, I, I would argue, like, I think it is. Like, this is, it starts out as, like, kind of a buddy road trip movie, but it becomes, their, their romance, their relationship kind of becomes such a big part of the movie that yeah. was invested in it, and I didn't want to believe that Daniel Radcliffe wasn't real, because that would be so much sadder. Yeah. It's, it's almost like the anti-fight okay. one. Yeah, yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. I think this movie has so much, like, blue humor, but none of it is centered around the romance between yeah. this sad guy and this dead body, which is nice. Like, it's played very sincere, and I was kind of invested in it. Yeah. Um, since we already jumped to the end, what did you think about the whole... Do you want to expand more on, like, your feelings for the whole sort of middle of the movie? Wait, <laughs> gotta be more specific. Which part of the middle? I, I, I guess, like, all of it. The whole time that they're in the woods together. That's, that's the thing with um, the music. I, I was looking at the lyrics for the song called montage which plays during a montage right and i don't know if you noticed like the words but they were just singing what they were doing and i really the there's a line that's like montage this is a montage we're killing a raccoon and now we're we're becoming friends like those are the lines um pulling these up now i Yeah, that's wow. Okay. Yep. I yep. did not. I didn't pay that much <laughs> attention to that moment, but I see it. And that's why I think it is it, hard to argue that it's not a musical because they are singing exactly what they what were do- doing. They are doing as they're doing it. Um, it's very literal. <laughs> that's, that's the very cliched look at musicals where you're like. <laughs> Oh, they just start singing what they do, and but like that's that's one of the moments where I thought maybe they were kind of being mean to the musicals. <laughs> maybe, like, yeah. This is what musicals are like. They just sing what they do, and it's literal and it's dumb. But I I think it works. <laughs> At one moment, he does say, "Are we falling in love?" Yeah, and I I, I think they are. <laughs> that's why. Um, on the what's it called on the genius page for it 
the only comment mm-hmm. is this song is a godsend. Um, <laughs> Who wrote that? <laughs> um, Marcus Lux. Oh, I agree. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I think it's it's a good. I think the it's weird how like dumb the lyrics are, but they they flow so well and so hard to tell at first like what exactly they're saying but I think it's like really well written song like I think the songs individually work I'm gonna have to go back and like actually listen to the (laughs) cause like you know I was like taking notice but like I wasn't like I don't know I was trying to like get my head straight as I was like (laughs) Yeah, to be fair, there's a lot to take in with yeah. this movie. There's a lot to to process. But yeah, I'm look I'm clicking through the other lyrics that Genius has where it says one of them is crazy, I'm fucking crazy, maybe just alone, yeah. I'll make it alone. Rescued, I thought I was rescued, mm-hmm. you're just a dead dude. I do remember that one. <laughs> I forgot how good I remember that line and I remember laughing. Um <laughs> It's really funny too because <laughs> you're just a dead dude. Because it's like Andy Hull writing this. Andy Hull sings in Manchester Orchestra, um, and like mm-hmm. just like he, I've been listening to Manchester Orchestra a little bit over the past few days, like coincidentally, um, mm-hmm. and. You know, just hearing him, like, do things like this. And, like, they work sort of in the same context. But, like, at the same time, these are silly, goofy songs. And, like, softer than a lot of Manchester Orchestra songs. Would you... I mean, I'm not... I'm vaguely familiar with Manchester Orchestra. Like, I know them, but I'm not, like, a a connoisseur. (laughs) So, would you say, like... Would you like know? Would you have known that this was Manchester Orchestra? Or would you have guessed? No, I had to without you, looking I had it up. To look it up because you know, when when I realized what the music was like, I was like, okay, I have to check who it was, and I saw that it was Andy Hull, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's the dude from Manchester Orchestra. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and I'd been listening to them because. They're playing golf ball. <laughs> oh. Huh. But, um... It's... It's funny, because after I watched this, I was reading about him, and he said he originally wanted Manchester Orchestra to be, like, a solo project, and, like, he wanted it to, like, kind of literally be an orchestra with, like, rotating musicians and stuff, which... I think it kind of is, but not really. It is sort of just a band now. But mm-hmm. um, seeing him like do like pretty much the score for the movie, like I was like he he did it sort of. That's interesting because an orchestra implies instruments, and yeah. <laughs> and th- but this wasn't uh, in a sense an orchestra like. It was it was a traditional scoring of a movie, yeah. but just with, with vocal voices only. for the most part. Yeah. Hmm. Uh. 
Oh, and Paul plays the cameraman at the end. I didn't know that. Um, (laughs) I saw that in my research. If I was, like, a big Manchester Orchestra fan and, like, I could pick (laughs) him out, like, I would have been like, oh, that's so cool, but I'm not. I couldn't tell you what he looks like. Um, yeah, even now I couldn't. Like, I don't remember what the cameraman looked like. Um, it's a clever cameo. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, um, what did you think of the the reoccurring uh, bringing up of Todd and I, Joe? Did you see anything about that? Or do you think it was just, like, meaningless? I thought, I kind of liked it. Because Cotton, I uh, I like I liked it for like the wrong reasons because I just <laughs> I just think they fixed Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> um, it's like a really beautiful cover of a really dumb song. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I liked it. It like it's sort of like watching this. What's his name? Um, What's the other guy's name? Shit. Uh, Paul Dano. Robert Mc... Oh. Um, he reminded me a lot of, um, Chris Pratt. Okay. Um, and the version of Cotton Eye Joe sounded like a version that, like, maybe Mouse Rat would do. Um. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Like, not exactly, but a little bit slowed down and I can see that. So it's it's like I I don't know. I mean we I, I think we as as a people have agreed that Cotton Eye Joe is like the dumbest song ever written. Yeah. One of the dumbest songs ever written. Um and we accept that. But I kinda like that it they kept bringing it back in this movie. Um not that they fixed it, but they kind of made it a little meaningful just the idea of like you know there's a lot of garbage and cotton eye joe is kind of garbage but like if it if it keeps you going and if it, it makes you happy then that's fine it's sort <laughs> of a way to like keep yourself motivated because like mm-hmm. i guess sort of what it's like I've been in situations where, like, I've been, like, stuck for, like, a week without, like, my phone or music from, you know, my laptop or whatever, but mm-hmm. I've had, like, a guitar nearby. So, like, since I ha- I'm not able to, like, listen to the songs I want to listen to, I'll, I'll like, go to, like the three songs I know by heart on guitar and I'll, like, play those to myself slowly you know, to sort of keep me grounded and to keep me sort of, like, motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's kind of what they did with Cotton Eye Joe. Because, like, yeah. you know, as much as I have my Mountain Goats and Menzinger songs that I love to play, you know, one of the songs I know by heart is Don't Trust Me by 303. And, you know... Oh, God. You... That, that song is actually one of the worst. <laughs> I hate it's, that song so much. So what were you saying? Sorry. It's a perfect party song. Um, 
It's a good, I, I guess so. It's a good I'll song when I'm the douchebag at a party with the acoustic guitar, and I'm like, all right, do you guys want something serious or something meaningful? <laughs> or do you want something serious or something stupid? And people will be like, I want something serious. And then you start playing softly, and then you do don't trust me. Um, <laughs> um, but I feel like that's Yeah, what, I guess that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sorry, what were you saying? That's what Cotton Eye Joke does. I don't know. And like keeping it in the style of the music like makes sense for that reason. Yeah, um I think it it it's I interpret this movie as sort of a like a metaphor for like getting out of depression. Yeah. And if that's true, then I kind of like the idea of Cotton Eye Joe being a therapeutic dumb song. <laughs> it's like worth keeping around even though it's so dumb <laughs> yeah like i kind of just i kind of can get on board with that idea of like le- like the world is sad but like let's just keep some songs and, and we can cover them and fix them and make them sound yeah. a little more like something but like they're still gonna be around yeah and i don't know I, I i like things that defend stupidness for the sake of enjoyment yeah, that's yeah, that's actually that makes sense, and it's sort of like a, it's like how the farts are kind of <laughs> becoming meaningful. Um, I read yeah. that um, when they pitched the movie or something, or I guess in like an early interview after it came out, um, the two directors said. Um, the first fart is going to make you laugh and the last fart is going to make you cry. That's, I think that's really like overestimating, but yeah, yeah, I I see that. I get it. I do think that Um, if I was... I think the last one made me laugh, but I don't know. I think that maybe if I was in like a more depressive state than I'm currently in, Mm-hmm. maybe it would have made me cry. Because, um, <laughs> like, things have been pretty good right now. I, I wasn't looking for a movie to make me cry. I think I don't... I can see... I, I don't know. I don't really see it as much of a sad ending. I see it as kind of a, an uplifting, goofy yeah. as hell ending. Especially, like, I know they're trying to make it, like, a really meaningful moment. And then they close in on Mary Elizabeth Winstead's face, and she just says, what the fuck? Because that made me laugh, and that kind of took me out of any, like, <laughs> meaning that this movie was trying to convey at the end. Fair. I don't know. I think it was a comical ending. Um, I think it's comical, but, like, the, the five minutes leading up to it aren't. Yeah. So, that's like, true. it would probably, like, I think that's why it would, like, affect me <laughs> in that way. Yeah. Except it mm-hmm. did um, <laughs> um, I cried during Iron Man 3 the first time I saw it. Really? Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Hmm. Um... What was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, one of the things I read was um, 
that they originally intended not to have Daniel Radcliffe like there the whole time, like in every scene. They only wanted they wanted to have like a dummy for the scenes that like they didn't really need him in. Did did they not do that? I sort of thought they did that. Although I don't no, I'm sure they did that for the scenes where Daniel Radcliffe physically could not do things. Yeah, they said like they be flung the, into a fire. Yeah, <laughs> they said they used the dummy for like the the stunts that like Daniel Radcliffe couldn't do. But Daniel Radcliffe like threw the dummy, so um He threw it. He threw it. Like like he was there to physically throw the dummy. Yeah. That's, that's so funny. What a weird experience it is to, like, have a perfectly made fake version of yourself and have the chance to throw it at stuff. Um, but um, that's kind of that's what I thought dream. was going to happen for the first, like... Well, no, I think I kind of thought that it was Daniel Radcliffe the whole time, and I was like why did he even do this movie? He's not going to talk. And then the first time he talked, I was actually genuinely surprised. What, what? When he actually spoke for the first time, I was actually genuinely surprised. Oh, you thought he was just going to be dead the whole time? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then when he I knew I was... that that was going to happen going in. I wonder like how different my experience would be if I had no idea. <laughs> I, I was confused the whole time. Um, I did... Um, I, it's confusing. What? I did read before this that... Um, maybe not now, because who knows? I don't know what he's done since, but this is Daniel Radcliffe's favorite role he's ever played. I 100% believe that. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, um, I, I get it. Why? What was his reason? He didn't, uh, I, I just read that it was his favorite. <laughs> I didn't watch these. <laughs> he doesn't need a reason. Well, I know. I also know that Daniel Radcliffe uh, thought that the songs were going to be nominated for an Oscar. Oh. Um, they weren't, but I didn't think they would be. I feel like they could have been. They could have been, but like I don't. I think this movie was too the weird to be pushed into like Oscar territory. Yeah. Um. It's a little much. Yeah. Um, but I see, I see how this was his favorite role that he ever played. I can't put into words why, but I, I think you can kind of tell that he was really like enjoying being part of this. Like he was very invested in this character. Well, cause... And I, I think maybe he wants to be like a real actor, and he likes the idea of like just two guys yeah. being in most of it. And it's a lot of... I, maybe not... Depending on how you look at it, it's a lot of physical stuff. Um, it is. And... He... You know, the whole sort of concept... Oh, this was another thing it said in the synopsis. It was, um... Hank teaches Manny the joys of, like riding the bus and eating out and things like that. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is, I don't know what this is going to be. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, there's sort of a joy in playing, like, someone that needs to learn everything. 
Yeah, there. I, I guess, guess there's something about, like, playing a character that's seeing everything for the first time. Yeah. And learning what, like, all, all about all the good in the world, like, as if you'd never seen or heard of anything. And I think that's, this is, like, a very rare opportunity for an actor, I think, yeah. to play a character like this who is literally a blank slate. Like, there's nothing to him. Yeah. Um, for the first act of the movie. Yeah. Um, and I guess sort of the way you interpret it, it's like, a, you know, he's more sort of playing um, Paul Dano's subconscious. Yeah. Because, like, even, like, that little, like, speech he gives about masturbation... Like, those just seem like, uh, like, those seem like thoughts someone would have when they're worrying about masturbation. Yeah. Like, like someone saying, like, oh, no one loves you. Like, he was saying it, like, in such an innocent way, and he didn't realize that that's offensive. Yeah. But it also sounds like something that Paul Dano thinks about at night. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, it sounds like, I don't know, uh, it sounds like something that he hears in his head too which is probably why it was probably a figment of his imagination which is disappointing to me because <laughs> I like the idea that he's real <laughs> I'm gonna see if there's anywhere that says if it's canon if he's dead does he do the director for an interview what do they ever, like, confirm or deny that there is an answer that that he's dead or he's alive? Uh, let's see. Uh, they kind of did. There's a story from The Telegraph called How We Accidentally Made a Gay Necrophilia Movie. So... <laughs> That also gives weight to your theory that it's a love story. <laughs> it, I think it is a love story. I, I think it's absolutely a love story. The, the scene where they, like, kiss underwater with that music is, like, the most, most romantic shit I've seen in years <laughs> in any movie. <laughs> like, like, in any movie. I think that was, like, a beautiful scene. <laughs> So I, I want it to be a separate character, so their love is real. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> how, do you, wait, how do you accidentally make a gay necrophilia movie? Like, what, where was the accident? Like, what was the mistake they made that they ended up with this? Well, they might have been like, oh, you know, we're going to make a buddy movie, and then people saw it, and they're like, they're in love. <laughs> I like that. If if the, this is all based on like if this all written by like oh whatever like I don't know what's going on, then I I like that idea. I, this I feel like so many parts of this script felt like they were up on the fly, even though it does come together in a pretty cohesive way. Like there were parts of it that I was like, did you write that in five minutes? Like I don't know. So I think they just threw things that they thought would be funny. I just scrolled to the interview, and it says, um, 
we could tell Hank and Manny needed each other more than Hank and Sarah ever did. We just kept rewriting and rewriting until we allowed them to fall in love. And once we allowed ourselves to write that, the story really started to grow and blossom into something worthwhile. So that was really an interesting twist. I love that. Point when we let Hank and Manny fall in love and accidentally made a gay necrophilia movie. So that's amazing. I that's it's. I love when when a movie comes together in such a natural, organic way, um, like that. And I I also like I I think I like this movie more on the idea because I don't like movies that are just like all you need is love and love is the answer. Right. And that that's not really what this is. Like I think. Um, the idea of companionship is important and you shouldn't romanticize people. Yeah. Um, and, like, I like the idea that, like, the love story with Sarah, like, is important because they think it's important, but it's not really important. Right. What's important is that they are together in this moment. Right. And, you know, even if you look at it in the sense that it is all just in Hank's head. You know, he is just in mm-hmm. a way learning to love himself. As corny as that is. I love that. <laughs> I don't think of it that way. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. If, if he's... <laughs> I love that interpretation. I'll take that. It's canon. I declare it. <laughs> he's um, learning to love himself. It's the personification of self-love. That's um, amazing. Okay, I like this movie more than I did <laughs> before. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I get, I'll probably rewatch it now. Sort of like I'll see. I'll see if I enjoy it more because you know. I guess sort of. I guess watching it for like the first hour, I kind of thought I don't like this. This isn't for me. <laughs> um. And then, like, when the shit happened at the end, I'm like, all right, that's cool. That's interesting. Uh, you you seem very mixed. On a one to five stars, where would you put it? <sighs> Ooh. I think right now I would give it... I would give it between two and a half and three. Okay, but I can see because <laughs> um, it, yeah, you're you're seeing like right in the middle about it. It's interesting enough that like it gives me, it gives you a lot to chew on, um, mm-hmm. and like you know, we've unpacked a lot of it, and like there's a lot of like interesting stuff in there. It's just I don't. I don't know if I was necessarily the audience for this. And like I'll I don't think there is an audience for this. <laughs> I don't know who that audience is if there is one. But like you said you watched it again and liked it more this time. So yeah. like maybe it is one of those things that like just like I was taken by like the initial weirdness of it. And like it was interesting enough that it kind of reminded me of, um, do you know Death Grips? Yeah. It reminded me a lot of, like, listening to Death Grips in the sense that, like, it's interesting enough to, like, have my attention, but it's weird enough that I can't do it all at once. 
Yeah. Okay. Like you, you can like. I can enjoy it, it in pieces and from it. It's just I it's don't not as overwhelming. Yeah. Okay. If you, I understand that. If you were going on a five star scale, where would you rank it? Me? Yeah. I started at three and a half, and I think today I bumped it to four. <laughs> okay. Cool. That's where I would put it. Uh, is there anything else to talk about in regards to it? I feel like... Oh, I wanted to mention this before. Um, mm-hmm. But... I, I forgot to. Uh, when they run through the woods and she sees... And uh, Sarah sees all the stuff that hank made and she's like did you make this it's like who cares if you made it he it's like he stopped you i don't know it was a weird moment that wait uh, what what did you say so like it was all uh, i thought that that was also a weird moment when she was like you followed me and then he's like yeah yeah and then like they run through the woods and she sees all the weird stuff he made and then she's just like you made all this and like i don't uh, i don't know it's like one of those like weird it kind of stuck out to me like it stuck out like a sore thumb and uh i yeah i think i was disappointed in that part because I kind of wished she didn't find it, because I was so on his side, which I shouldn't have been, because he is creepy. But, like, I really... I didn't... I don't know. I didn't like the idea that it was, like, so... I understand. Like, I didn't like the idea that it was so tangible and, like, easy to find. Yeah. I, I, this whole time, this whole time we were, like, ten feet her house. So, well, here's a question, because why didn't you want her to find it? Sorry, I lost you. Uh, why didn't you? Hold on, wait. We were doing so well, too. Can you hear me? Uh, you're back. Okay. Say everything you just said again, because I lost, so I lost it. So, why didn't you want her to find out? Uh, cut it out again. Can you hear me? It's it's not it keeps freezing. I don't hear you. Uh, oh, we we did so well up until this point. Oh, no. Um. Can you hear me? Yes, you're back. Hi. Okay. <laughs> what? Oh no! Now you're frozen. Okay. Um, so what were you saying? Why didn't you want her to find it? Why didn't I want her to find it? Yeah. yeah. I think because I liked living in this world where it was, they were so like on their own and in the, in this universe that was like perfect for them. And I think I liked that idea so much that it was kind of like a punch in the gut that like she found it. I think it was just like a disappointing moment for the story. Like, I, I think I liked the, I, I didn't like the idea that they were just 10 feet from her house, which they probably were. <laughs> um, okay. 
I'm kind of... I wouldn't say I'm on the opposite end, but I didn't mind that she found it. I think when she was like, you made this, it... It's all things... It need This movie needs a sequel now. Because, like... Oh. Um, oh. I hear anything you're saying. You're completely frozen. You're frozen too, I bet. Are we back? Um, was this movie needs a sequel now, which I agree with. <laughs> I didn't hear anything up until that. Um, all right, can you hear me now? <laughs> can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. We'll see how long this goes. <laughs> so, I feel like. I feel like this is something that could be sorted out in a sequel, but I didn't mind here nor there whether or not she found it. Uh, I kind of cared about that one line, though, just because she says it sort of like, a, you made this, and it sounds all angry and pissed off, but it also, like, it like feels like a setup for, like, a forgiveness narrative, but it also could be like a that's so creepy narrative. So I don't know. It was it was just one of those unresolved things that like I guess I wanted to see straightened out. Oh, no. Um Sorry. I I don't know. It it keeps going in and out and I heard I heard that it can set up for a sequel, and I know that was the last time you said the same thing like five times, and it just cut out every time you tried to say it again. Um, uh, you're frozen now. Can you hear me now? My back. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna try to say it really fast. Um. Go. <laughs> so, just the inflection with which she said it, it sets it up to go one of two ways, because she sounds pissed mm-hmm. off, which could be, uh, you know, what the hell is the matter with you sort of story, or it could be a forgiveness narrative, where she's like, well, you did all this creepy stuff, but look at what you made. Um, and I think since yeah, it's I, I mean, it, like, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to see it tied up a little bit more. But if she didn't say I anything, know. I wouldn't care. Yeah, I mean, I I think they wouldn't have lost anything if they lost that scene. Um, but I think they wanted to keep it. They didn't want to have it be like her. She's mad or she's kind of impressed. Because either way, that's kind of, you know, like, where does that get us? Like, of course, she's kind of confused. Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess that's. I, I guess they wanted to keep it kind of like ambiguous where yeah. where that went. Um, probably nowhere. I kind of like, I kind of feel like maybe after this point, she just, 
continued with her life and didn't think <laughs> and didn't uh, keep in contact with this creepy weirdo. Um, but if there's a Swiss Army man too, maybe we'll find out. Um, yeah, I can't imagine what that would be, but I would watch it. I kind of like. I think it'd be really a funny movie if they opened it with like a zombie sequence with like Manny reaching ahead <laughs> out of the ground. Um, that's the only thing mm-hmm. I know I want from a Swiss Army Man sequel. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Um, I think we touched on everything. I think so. Any final thoughts? Um, final thought is it's a four out of five for me. Um, I liked it more. I it was. I think I liked it more than it deserved. You know, like I, I almost uh, shouldn't have liked it as much as I did, but I liked it a lot. Um. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good for a gay necrophilia movie. For what it was. You have points for originality, too. No, definitely that. Uh, And I'll I'll rewatch it and Mm -hmm. check in. Maybe I... Crazy. Okay. I'm fucking crazy. Maybe just Make it alone. Just a dead 